Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. This is Old School. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome to it on a Wednesday. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Uh, we're live at Tanner's. We'll be here till six o'clock. Um, of course, these days are special. We get an hour with 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 uh, with the man, and then Jay and I try to hold it down after he set it on fire, and then we do our thing. Four zero two four six four five six eight five. Start on him and text on Hanoi Lincoln Hotline. If you guys want to join the conversation, you want to add to, please do. Uh, Jay Foreman, the video stream is up. Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter Live, so they have every opportunity and way to see. They can see the great, you know, Husker Hall of Famer. But I'll ask you to be a Hall of Famer. Tell them about the Mercado. The Mercado Certified Piedmontese uh, Special Ingredients and Butcher Shop located at 84th and Havelock. Uh, Phenomenal appetizer meal um, or appetizer menu, entree menu, dessert menu. They have a butcher shop with also take-home meals, uh, pasta, seafood, their own spices, uh, every type of meat and every type of cut you want. So it's the place to be, man. Yeah, got to get it done. We will be down here until 6. And here's the thing before we bring in our special guest. You have the two hours to get here and register for, drum roll, a signed Johnny Rogers jersey. Johnny the Jet. Like, we went big for this one. We went big Johnny for this the Jet one. had a significant – uh, role in making college football what it is today. Part of the greatest game ever, greatest, the game of the century, and got all the TV networks like, man, this college football thing is pretty exciting. Man, Thanksgiving Day, Huskers, Sooners. Again, you the know. dead leg has withstood the test of time. I'm telling you, the Armageddon could happen. They start playing football again, the dead leg will be just naturally <laughs> yes. uh, with somebody. Somebody will be in space. Uh, a couple of things go- happening here. Uh, it's, it's, it's the all-day Boogamania, uh, eight ninety nine for the half-pound burger with a side. You can get 20-ounce uh, Blue Moon Drafts for 5 bucks. Um, again, you're going to come in and register. Somebody today will, have, will leave and have possession of this signed Johnny Rogers jersey. So all you have to do is get down here, put your name in the box, and we will take care of it. Let's bring in our special guest, Husker Online, Sean Callahan. Kind sir, what's happening? Now, much. I, I was getting thinking about that Mercado beef. I, I had some brisket from there i brought home from their little grab and go mm-hmm. phenomenal brisket <laughs> like we had it last night for dinner i'm not right. joking and yeah it's really good man made cut it up for some sandwiches my daughters love i love the mercado yeah it's it, it's a, i mean it's uh thanks jake i think it's one of those places that when you go it's kind of like a golfer going into a golf shop or, or anything like that you just every time you go he's like yeah i'm gonna get something else and it's relatively inexpensive yeah Compared to, like, what you're going to pay at the other stores now. I mean, it's for what you're getting, it's a great place. Yeah, so it is. You were getting me thinking about that brisket last night. Jeez. Man, we went in. Uh, they, they gave us a care package last time we were out there. And I, I just have to say, the, 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 the hickory bacon is just unfair. Like, it's just unfair. And so, I, if you're looking for something, 
head, head your way on out there. Sean, it's an interesting week because as the opportunities pop up for this Huskers team and for the Huskers program, Huskers players, Huskers coaches, everybody is in audition mode. Everybody in full, full audition mode. What's story one? What's priority one for Nebraska as they head to West Lafayette? I think priority one is they've got to figure out a plan that protects this offensive line. They really rolled the dice with how they played last week. You're not going to win very many games with protection and run blocking the way it kind of came together. That's pro- I mean, yeah, Riola needs to do a better job with that group, but I think Whipple needs to probably protect that group and come up with a plan. Because uh, Casey Thompson, if, if that game happens six more times, we ain't going to see Casey Thompson six more times on Saturdays for Nebraska. And the most amazing stat, and, and Mark Whipple joked about this today uh, lightheartedly, that he goes, the amazing stat was he was only sacked once. And that's, that's a, you know, tells you stats don't tell the whole story there because that felt like much more than one sack with the number of pressures and hits that he took. And I don't know what that plan is, guys, what you got to do, but they can't have a game like that again with the offensive line and the scary thing is they're going to see better teams than Rutgers up front the next, you know, two months. Sean, when you, when you talk about the offensive line, I mean, obviously it's obviously Rutgers was probably their worst game of the year. Uh, and they've, and they've played some consistent games and been pretty decent. So when you, when you take a step, I guess to the side outside of the program, and you think about offensive line period, and you think about what needs to happen for the rest of the season, and then obviously next year, regardless of who the coach is. In your opinion, how do you – it's not going to be a fix by next year, but how do you have tangible, clear improvement by the end of this year, <laughs> primarily this week, <laughs> and then next year? Because is it develop the guys on the roster, transfer portal, you can't depend on some 18-year-old kid. We've seen what that happens with that, right? Size, might you might be ready, but realistic, you're not ready. So in your opinion, how? How do you do it? Or is it a combination of all three? Yeah, it's a little bit of everything you just said, but let's start this year. I think you've got to look at a couple things. Can you move Turner Corcoran back to guard? And if you do – Who are you going to put out there? Brant Banks. Um, could you put somebody else at left tackle? Anybody. Anybody. I think Corcoran at guard is a better picture. Um, you know, Anthony Benhart, they've been kind of rotating the right side a little bit the last few weeks. But going forward, they've got to get Prohaska back healthy at left tackle. Um, that's priority one. And Nuri Noel has got to come back in there. To me, those were their two best offensive linemen, and they're playing without those two guys. Kevin Williams um, out. I, I feel like when they built the offseason roster, they did miss on the offensive line. Uh, well, they didn't recruit. They didn't allow – Coach Rayola to go and recruit. No, and, and you're right. And, and so and, that's not that has nothing to do with him. And that's, know, that's on, on that's on the powers that were were before. at beat, right? And Greg Austin, as we know, didn't recruit very right. much. I mean, he 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 didn't bring any guys in last year right. on that offensive line. And Hunter Anthony was taken as a commit by Eric Chenander, not Raiola. Um, Kevin Williams was taken as a commit because of the connection with Mickey Joseph. I think there was a connection to. Um, Kevin Sr. and Mickey, and, and that kind of led to one thing or another, and all of a sudden he was a commit. Then they took the kid out of New Jersey who doesn't look like an offensive lineman. He looks more like a D lineman. So they they struck out on O-line additions, 
when now in the world we live in, if you're trying to add linemen, you can't strike out. You, you've got to get somebody from the portal. And Hunter Anthony is playing now, but he didn't play significant snaps at Oklahoma State. He wasn't like a starter for, for Gundy. I mean, Gundy was cool with him leaving. I mean, I'm not saying he's a bad player, but they needed to get a true impact guy in the portal, and they, they didn't get one um, on the O-line. I, I, I fall in this space that if you swung and miss as a program, now you're making decisions on the, on the, on the move, right? You, 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 it's, it's last minute. You're, you're desperate. Moving Corcoran inside. Look, if he misses at left tackle, there's, well, how, there, there's a runaround. Well, he started out of left tackle. Hold on. Hold on. But the, let's pump the brakes here. Um, okay, let's pump the brakes. Okay? <laughs> I got a double pump. Pump the brakes. You see, you hear me up there, right? She, 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 I hear you, right? Pump them here. Okay. He's been playing guard. And then he played one game at left tackle, and the his worst play is when it must have been an it must have been flipping the offensive line. He was playing right tackle, the one where he just forgot to block the dude that crossed his face, right? He, he did that twice, right? But they both were at right tackle. So think what I just said here, okay? Left guard, left tackle, worst two plays at right tackle. There's a there's a common denominator there that has nothing to do with the player, and, I don't, and I'm not here. I never make excuses for players, okay? Because I'm a firm believer. If you're on Division One scholarship, right, you're a Power Five player. At some point in time, you got to figure it out, okay? Am I, am I in agreement here? Because there's there's a there's an old button that you push. I'm tired of getting my butt kicked, and it's not a physicality thing. No, but but you're asking somebody to kick step left. Well, first of all, short short set guard. Kick step left tackle. Kick step right tackle. It's there's only yeah. Anthony Munoz, uh, uh, Jonathan. That that's something that they do. I roll out of bed right now. You're, it's it's confusing. It's confusing even when I told you because I see it on your face. You know what I'm saying? You're asking somebody to do all different types of things in the element of a game with no help. Nobody should be getting beat on the outside as bad as Nebraska is right now. Agree. Like, I, I've never seen this before. And we, we've seen oh, – You saw it last year. At, oh, yeah. You saw it last year and you saw it the year before. My whole thing is how does every – how do we – this is what I want to ask you. How do we recruit all these linemen? Okay. I've been back in Nebraska since 2010. So, what was that, 12 years? Okay, for 12 years. Okay, so that's what, three coaches? This is Bo, nice Mike. Frost, right? <laughs> Grandpa Mike, I won't do it. Nice Mike. Three coaches. So for all three coaches that have been recruiting offensive linemen, how all of a sudden they come to Lincoln to camp play? And you think about the first line Frost had. They had Hymas and Farniak at tackle, NFL, NFL. They had Farmer who you know got into a camp at least, and they had Foster who made a practice squad. I mean, they had four legit dudes yeah. And then Jurgens was coming up the ranks there, you know, developing him behind the scenes. So they they had guys, and now we had and they're Jer- all nice Mike guys. They're all nice Mike recruits, and they haven't brought in anybody. I mean, Greg didn't bring in anybody. And Jurgens was a tight end that they converted to an O lineman. Do you think? Do you think the reluctance to actually be physical has hurt the development? And I'm talking about physical in practice and how you lift. And all that stuff. It's confusing because we were told that the new style that Rayola brought. Hold on. No, no. This, is, this, this isn't Rayola. This is no. four years of, <laughs> of just the, bad the, training. Okay. I'm talking about when Frost was here. The reluctance to be physical 
for four years just to keep guys healthy on Saturdays. Or right. Four, four Saturdays. Right. That, that was kind of the, the plan, right? I mean, they, uh, well, whatever. That's hurt to development because you, you can't ask a coach to get here. When he when he get hired? Like January? December. Okay, December. January, same thing, right? Tomato, tomato. So you think he's going to fix the stuff and we ain't even been through a whole year? He only been here nine months. No, I, I agree. I mean, he, he inherited a very, very bad hand of cards. And then the Prohaska injury with the Noelle suspension just you know, stacked on help. top yeah. of that. Because Noelle was coming on, and Prohaska obviously before the, the first knee injury looked really good. Do you think recruiting basketball players to play offensive line is an issue? I think they recruited a body type, and they really believed that nutrition and strength and conditioning could make them into something, and then the coaching would get them there. And as we know, it, it hasn't worked. That plan of recruiting 6'9", 6'8", 260 with feeding them and lifting them up has but not. Where, but where did that model – where does that model ever work, though? I, Mike Leach, Texas Tech. I mean, they would do stuff like that in that offense where he would just recruit – but they had those, like, 20-yard line splits. It was a whole different system. And it's not the Big Ten. But I, I think they felt like, well, we're going to recruit the tallest, biggest humans – and then we're going to lift them up and, and feed them, and then they're going to become great players. And, and as we know, that model has not worked in recruiting athletes for Nebraska. I mean, you go back, Tanner Farmer and Gerald Foster were like 6'2", and they would run circles around these linemen. And that was Frost's first line. Right. Yeah, it's – but, uh, okay, now let's, let's just – now we all, you know, we kind of – you know, we peeled back the scab, man. So let's put some neosporin and see how we can <laughs> we can kind of try to do it. So, in your opinion, I have my opinion, but what in your opinion, what can what can we? What, I know what can be done in order to look better on Saturday. But in your opinion, what can be done in the meantime to kind of play, play like they did against Northwestern or at times? I mean, you know what I mean. Obviously, this is now if we're three games in a row and in. in Everybody's just running in. It's like Ollie Ollie oxen free to hit Casey. Then, yeah. But what what can they do? I think Whipple needs to get on the same page with everybody, you know, and, and they need to rein some of the calls in a little bit. I don't think you can just drop Mickey or drop Casey back without without protection. You know, empty sets. You know, you're really rolling the dice. If you see Casey Thompson going in empty, what do you think you're going to do on defense right now? Me? Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, if he goes empty, it, 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 I, I probably feel comfortable right as of right now that I can get home with four. But if you continue to go empty, I'm going to make sure he doesn't finish the game. Right. So and, then I'm going to blitz, and I'm in. Yeah, you might complete the pass, but that will be your last pass of the night. Well, and Greg Schiano, he they they kind of tried to knock Casey out of the game in the third quarter. They took that late hit right out of the locker room because Casey had gone out, yeah. comes back in. And I wouldn't be surprised if Shiano was like, I'm okay with that penalty. You know, let's see if this kid gets up. And I give Casey a lot of credit. He, he, he got hit. I mean, he right. got hit and he got hit. and he, got, he was pressured 26 of 38 dropbacks. 26 of 38. It's and, been continuous all year. But, see, I also think that, number one, I think if we if we could talk protection, but I think the best protection is to get be more consistent in the run game. Right now, it would have been really good if we would have came out and got 14 points. I mean, we didn't score anything at half, like up until half. So, you know, I, I'm assuming they didn't get off the bus thinking, okay, we're going to be down 13 nothing at half. So I think really what we can do, play calling, sure, right? I think 
Whipple could get here and really get on the chalkboard and tell us why it could work, right? But in reality, it hasn't. But I think if you could get a true conventional run game, which you obviously need you know, to go, whether it's by formation or by obviously moving guys, then that kind of slows down the pass rush. When, when, the problem that Nebraska ran into, in my opinion, was Rutgers. You weren't able to establish a true running game. You might pop a run here or there. Then you might go four or five plays without a run play. You know what I'm saying? But by, in those four or five plays, you know, you and DP already tagged off on, on, on Casey. And then when it came time to really run it, you're already playing on your heels. So if we can get some plays that – and then when you come to protection, you might have to mix in half-line slide protection, full slide protection, um, maybe run a couple two-man routes, maybe get out on the edge a little bit. You know, to kind of throw – a lot of times what people don't understand about protection – from a defensive standpoint, now granted, execution, you got to be able to execute those. So in theory, if you can execute those, you can put us on the heels, on your heels as a defender, because a lot of times the, the, the protection of Nebraska was the same protection all game long. So when we're coming to the sidelines, say you, if you're a defensive coordinator and you say, Jay, what do you see now? Well, it's, Everything. Man, it's, Everything. it's man protection, right? So come one, come all. But is a if say hey well there's two passes what you see well we had slide protection or we had full or we had half slide or full turn well then that changes up and then you come with man protection then that changes up the blitz that we can run or we'll get home so I think if you can really sit back and kind of like you said get on the same page and understanding you know um, you know probably playing a little bit more steady early you know what I mean to kind of really put the put the uh, Onus like, back on them to make a play. Are you? I mean, okay, go back to the North Dakota game when they really took that game over third, fourth quarter right. with that physical run. I, I'm not seeing those plays anymore. No, and, no. And okay, then let's go back to really what that was. Scott Frost thrusting his influence on the offense, and and now Frost is obviously gone, and Whipple has full reign. Right. So, yeah, I, I just think there's probably some philosophical disagreements right now within that coaching room of what they should be doing. Whipple's calling the shots. He's the offensive coordinator. Right. Mickey's giving him the respect to, to do his thing. But without Frost like over, overseeing some of those things, I think they've slipped in a few key areas. Um, yeah, I think it's – I think the first half against North Dakota, the whole team looked hungover or like jet lag. From um, that record from the uh, Ireland. Yeah, for trip. Ireland. And then it was like a little bit of hard talks at halftime, and you kind of everybody woke up along with the the <laughs> nudge, I guess tongue in cheek, run the ball right, um, and because we, we weren't passing very well, and so and plus the pressure was on. <laughs> I mean, let's let's be honest. Um, I think they can get there. I think sometimes, and and this is from a defensive perspective. Indiana, like in and even Purdue, I love playing against those teams. Because after the first or second quarter, at the first quarter, you already know what they're going to do. Now we just got to play ball, right? Because um, they'll test your principles as far as in your coverage. You're not really worried about the run game. That's where Nebraska has to get away from, right? Um, don't be so predictable in, in uh, being able to establish. I mean, look, at the end of the day, if you want to throw a curveball at somebody, say it's like a third or fourth and one, why wouldn't you bring every offensive lineman that you have on the roster out there? Like kind of uh, jumbo. Or well, Brett Bielema did it against Penn State. Remember, they had Brown in the backfield, quarterback, and it was all offensive linemen. You get what I'm saying? You just say. We're, well, we're, it's, a, it's, it's not only throwing them a curveball. It's establishing 
It, well, trying to establish an identity. You, you can still get stopped because somebody makes a great play. But it's also having a mentality. You've got to rep that a lot, though, don't you? I mean, you can't just throw that together. Well, I, I'm just – well, I'm sure – I'm assuming it's in a, in, a, in a playbook. But wedge blocking – I mean, you're pretty much toe-to-toe, and we're going forward. We have to get one yard. Sean, that is how many feet are in a yard? Ten? When they go empty How many set, feet in a yard? Nine. Three. Is it nine? I don't know. Th- oh, three feet. Yeah, three yeah, feet in a yard. I'm sorry. Yeah, three feet per yard. You notice I got out of the way, y'all. I'm going to go ahead and let y'all do this. <laughs> was... I mean, we're just trying to get some answers here, man. You know, every time Sean no, comes it, out it, here, it, you it, probably feel like Jay Former be on me and stuff, man. No. No. I, I mean, no, I work with Sipple every day, so. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Like, we, I we need to give you layup questions and you yeah, dealing with Sipple. I understand that. We're oh, live at Tanner's Monster. 30th in Yankee Hill, uh, Husker Hall of Famer Jay Foreman, uh, Husker Online's Sean Callahan. I – I love the conversation because you two are, are, are meeting in the middle and covering everything. I still have questions about the identity of this team. Like, who are they offensively? What is their go-to play? What's the best thing they run? Who, who's the best player with the ball? How are they efforting to get him the ball on a regular and consistent basis so they can get the best Anthony, runs? the identity is two things. Yeah, I think they're doing that. They just, I think they're missing the, the – foundation of it it's setting using anthony grant to set up trey palmer i think that is like in a nutshell and then you have the underneath game of travis Volkolek. he is your guy underneath you use deep game with or secondary deep game with washington intermediate routes with washington um you know the the people don't understand is like the, the amount of drops from last game that hurt that that hurt your ability to pass protect as well you get what i'm saying when, when you're wide open and you drop the ball, that changes the concept of the – that changes the whole – the flow of the game. We're not talking about one or two drops. We're talking about four, five, six drops. You get what I'm saying? I oh, mean, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of things that go into it where it's just not straight protection because you drop that ball even – say, say it's second and ten. You drop a six-yard route. It's third and ten. Then you really know they got to pass. Exactly. Well, and let's not forget, that was really their first road game of the year. Ireland was like a home game with free yeah. beer served at it. I mean, it was, it was wild. And th- this was a true road environment. They had loud music in. I told the guys this morning, it sounded like a New Jersey nightclub in there. They had the music blaring. Oh, they so were all about the base. Oh, yeah. They I mean, were all about the base. You couldn't take a phone Jer- call anywhere in that stadium. It was like it was, Jersey Shore out there? Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And when, when they opened – when they opened – themselves out of the locker room uh-huh. the sopranos theme song is what they played <laughs> it really that's it no joke show. that's literally what they came out to was the sopranos theme song and i went okay this is serious and the beer's flowing it's gonna happen robin washett played that in a uh, rental car on the way into in, into newark as oh, well. it was just and it was a blackout but it, i was like wait a minute this is what they're wearing anyway so it worked out perfectly um i on the other side of the ball defensively do we know who this team is? What is their thing that they do better than anything else? I think it's figuring out ways to move around that front four and let guys like Garrett Nelson, O'Shawn Mathis do their thing. And, and we even saw Colton Feast do his thing. I mean, that was the first time that group really got going like that, especially against a quality opponent. Um, so I think Bill Bush, give him a lot of credit. Whatever he's done – He's simplified it enough. He's gotten guys lined up. They're tackling better, and he's infused confidence. When you see you know, guys that we never expected to be making plays, making plays, 
that's coaching. I mean, he, he you know, for them to say, we're going to bench Tommy Hill for Malcolm Hartstuck. We're going to bench our highest profile transfer portal defensive player, arguably one of them besides Oshan, from Arizona State, a four-star guy that came in with a lot of hype for a freshman from Mississippi that if you rank the 33 newcomers that came in, he was probably bottom three or four. That, that's confidence. That's coaching. And Hartstock has responded. Yeah, he's gotten beat, but anyone's going to get beat at that position. It's a cornerback position. But I, I, I like what they've done to kind of get some of these guys going now. I'm a little nervous about Newsom this week and obviously the Luke Reimer situation if, they, if they're going to be fully healthy, ready to go. Well, I thought the, the message today was that he, he, he looked good. It'll be a day-to-day thing, but I kind of got the, 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 the idea that they expect him to play. Yeah, and then traveling, if you travel, that's a good sign because you can only take 74, and you're not going to just take a, a body that you know can't play. Yeah. So if those guys travel, good, good chance that we'll see them out there in some way. Jay, have you played with that sort of chest injury? I mean, that, at a linebacker position, that's a lot of punches to the chest. Uh, yeah, I played with it. I played with, uh, you know, uh, a hole in my rib or whatever. I think. Uh, <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Don't low key that. Like you just said, a thing. Yeah. You a hole in your rib. Yeah. It's a, yeah. You, yeah. So I mean, but I think it's it's all about learning how to play when you're hurt, and I think that's part of it is learning how you learn that in practice. You learn how to push yourself in practice, and it's what you know. It's all about checks and balance you want to check your pain threshold balance how much you need how much practice you need versus how much you're doing and so you're ready for the you know the game in a sense of you know from a mental standpoint um you know I played you know downhill but you know we used our hands pretty well but I also think the depth of Nebraska whether it's Ernest Hausman whether it's uh you know Va Clements or or somebody like that is gonna have to step up or Heinrich's gonna have to really play well in the passing game and I think you know there's, they have flexibility if, if they don't have anything. You know what I mean? Because you could do something, and this is, and granted, this is just me just thinking out loud. You could possibly on a true, against Purdue, okay? It actually worked, it could work out well for Purdue. You could, you could, I know Omar Brown had kind of played a little, has been playing, a, you know, some at nickel. So he could come down to nickel, and you could actually have Gifford kind of slide in. Now kinda, he's, hurt, he's kind of hurt, though, too, right? Omar Brown? Yeah, but I'm, Brown, Javen Wright. Um, can come in and play a nickel slot corner, right? And then you can kind of bump Gifford in and kind of play like kind of a little bit of a hybrid type of linebacker because this team is not a, you know, true downhill fit. They're not going to beat you by running the ball unless no. you just – They're just, on their third running. Right, right. Unle- unless you just don't tackle anybody and do all that type of stuff. So how they're going to beat you is they're going to formation you, route, route tree you to death, and test your principles and your communication. And if you have a do, if you if you have a good plan and do that, you can survive. And then the defensive line has to play well, and the guys that you're expecting to play well. Also, I don't mean to cut you off. Another caveat, if you've been seeing, is Caleb Tanner kind of being that move guy and kind of like moving around and spy sometimes, uh, and be a late ad rusher. Well, that that bodes well for Nebraska because if you ask him to be a short area hook dropper or something like that. He already has the reps to do it, and he has the ability to do it. Now, is it to Luke Reimer to where he's, you know, feel comfortable and can make some pretty special plays? No. But this is what your captains are for. This is what your leadership's for. This is what you come to college for. You know, you don't come to college and sit there and just wait around until they get a hand at a spot. Sometimes you got to jump up and, and compete um, when's needed, and that's what, that's, how, that's what good teams are for, and I think that the simplicity of the system will help that. 
I, I, let's put a pin there. Uh, we'll come back to it because I want to get into this point spread for a team that is finally finding some, some confidence and some, some ego and some swagger. They're going to go on the road to a tough place as a two-touchdown underdog. Mm. We'll talk about that when we come back. We're live from Tanner's 30th in Yankee Hill. Be here till 6 o'clock. This signed Johnny Rogers jersey is going home with somebody. Get here. You're listening to Old School with DP and J. Download the mobile app and listen wherever you are on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Guys, do you want thicker, fuller hair? Do you desire lustrous, luscious locks that you can run your fingers through? Maybe a full head of hair makes you feel attractive. Perhaps a full head of hair boosts your confidence and self-esteem. Whatever your reasons, if you have started to experience hair loss, there is good news. Because there are effective, FDA-approved treatments that work. One is a prescription clinically proven to prevent further loss. The other is clinically proven to regrow your hair in two to four months. And both are available from Roman for just a dollar a day. Just complete a free online visit. Roman connects you to a U.S.-licensed healthcare professional who will work with you to find the best treatment plan. Then Roman sends everything you need right to your door with free shipping and indiscreet packaging. So, guys, are you Roman ready for a thicker, fuller head of hair? Go to roco slash fuller. Do it today and Roman will give you 20% off your first order. That's roco slash fuller.